0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of the Raw Reaction Show after Arsenal's 4-2 win over Aston Villa. What an amazing day. Um, What an amazing curse that has been lifted. Uh, Yes, indeed, I can indeed travel to away games and we don't lose, although they... Bloody well tried. (laughs) It was um, very, very touch and go. I'm not going to lie. And yes, I saw all of your tweets at 2-1 that were sending in to me saying, I don't think you should have gone. Well, by 90 minutes, well, just after 90 minutes, who was laughing? Well, probably all of us, to be fair, but maybe me more so than some others. Uh, It was a fantastic day. Um, Well worth the travel, well worth the experience, all of it involved in it. And then it just kept on kind of getting better even after the day had finished and we'll talk all about that in a bit um but good morning to those people joining us in the chat box hope you're doing good hope you're doing well let's have a quick check on uh if Streamyard has uh, messed up with the uh, who's getting first. I think it I think it has. Uh Ween, uh, good morning to you, uh, Matt G, Steve Stone, Odurile, uh, Amira, uh Yomi. We've got uh, Steve Stone, uh we've got Tony, Marcus Colin, Stephen Matthew nick um we've got martin we've got pj vivian so many more of you as well joining us in the chat box thank you so much as always everybody for making this a part of your usual morning routines we do shows every single day at 8 a.m other than yesterday because i was traveling up to the game to which some people suggested that i shouldn't be doing 8 a.m shows anymore on match days because apparently now that's the curse that if i do an 8 a.m show on match day we won't win. I can tell you for a fact that's not true. And there's plenty of examples of where we have done a show and very much gone on to win the game that is a little bit later on that day. Um, But yeah, let's go through Part one, which I'm going to talk through kind of my thoughts and feelings of the different topics and things that happen. And then in part two, I'll get a lot of your reaction, your questions and your thoughts from the chat box. Uh, So, uh, yeah, a massive late comeback from Arsenal uh, sends us top of the league. And we went top because of of course, something else that happened in the day as well. Um, But it was such a... When when the game kicked off and we obviously went 1-0 down in the first few moments, the feeling... I was sitting with Kaya and, and Charles Watson. There was kind of this just kind of an FFS. And you know exactly what I mean. Kind of just to, I really, like really, is this how we're responding after that Man City game? Is this how things are? Another defensive mistake, another concession of, uh, of possession from Zinchenko, ball over the top, Saliba's beaten, Ramsdale's beaten, don't get me wrong, it was a brilliant run and pass from cash and and run and finish from, from Watkins. But they scored as as Gavin says, they scored two great goals. That was the first one. Um obviously we managed to get the our first equalizer through Bukai Saka. And I'll tell you what, from my position where I was sitting and the The press box is on the side where the coaches are, whereas the Arsenal fans are on the other side. So the Arsenal fans would have got a much better view of kind of this goal. And obviously you, if you were watching on TV, would have got a much better view of the goal. But when the goal went in from Saka, we were like right behind the shot. So if you're right behind where Saka's like hitting the ball, going straight into the back of the net, you don't kind of get an appreciation of how good of a strike it was until I saw the replay afterwards. Until I saw... Like how you're hitting at that level of the volley, going through the crowd of players past Emmy, who was, I think, unsighted as well. It's such a technically brilliant piece of, of of striking of a football from Saka that we've seen many a player blaze over the bar. I think that was an opportunity that Martinelli had against Brentford uh, in a similar position with a similar kind of strike with his right foot. Um, that went way over the bar. Saka managed to control that strike and and get it into the back of the net. It is an incredibly difficult piece of football um, that he's pulled off there and certainly was worthy of a a really man-of-the-match performance from him, Uh, but there were certainly others that were man-of-the-match as well, not only in Arsenal colours, uh, we should say. Um, But we did concede before Zinchenko equalised quickly on, on their goal. Brilliant. An amazing, amazing piece of football. If you remember Unai Emery at Arsenal, there were some goals under him that really did kind of show what his teams can do. If you remember the goal against Leicester, uh, Bamiang's goal against Leicester um, under Emery. But this goal from Villa was was fantastic. Ball down the left-hand side, beat White with an inside integral pass, pass across, dummy from emby Buendia, and a brilliant finish from Philippe Coutinho. I saw Coutinho after the game, actually. You walk through the uh, the mix zone and uh, <laughs> you could tell that he was frustrated um, and annoyed with the, the result, as you would be. Um, but uh, it was an equaliser in the second half, a reaction in the second half, because obviously we went into that halftime at 2-1 down, and I didn't go I didn't leave the press box a because I couldn't because it's a very small press box similar to Everton where you can't if the people around you aren't moving you aren't moving um it's not like a football where you can just kind of go around people's seats you can't do that in a press box because you've got but like, the table in front of you with the laptop so there's no you're, you're trapped in place at some clubs you can get up and go quite easy at Arsenal it's easy because every seat's in like a pairing You every seats are in twos so you can move around quite easy but at Villa is just a long row um, and you're trapped in there until full time, until people move. So it was a, it was a kind of a period of reflection at halftime um, for a lot of us. And we're just kind of looking and waiting for something to happen. And the players came out, as we know, really, really early. Um, a good fair few minutes before the Villa players emerged as well. And they were just kind of on the field talking amongst each other. Jack was having a conversation with Trossards. There were other players talking between one another. And then in the second half, it was kind of like the night the the complete switch of the man city game where in the man city game we kind of just fell away and in the second half we showed what we've been doing for a lot of this season the dominance the passing the attacking yes looking a bit vulnerable on the counter and we'll talk about that but the the set piece attempt which led to zinchenko's goal i actually predicted as zinchenko goal on our uh, on our preview show um scoreline got completely wrong missed four goals but uh, Zinchenko on the score sheet was something that I'd actually said in, in the preview show, talking about uh, a curiosity of how he might celebrate. This is a picture of him celebrating at full time because it's a better photo than any other picture I could have picked. Um, but the, the celebration he had after he scored was actually a case of just get to the halfway line, you know, just get back, get into position. Cause we need to go and try and grab this win. And we really did battle and we really did kind of fight to try and find that equalizer. But it did feel as though it was a game that could go either way. Go to sneeze. <laughs> there it is. Sorry. Apologies for that. Um, that's why I mute my mic quickly enough. So I'm hoping I protect your ears from hearing that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we certainly didn't choke in the end because Arsenal managed to get the victory. But there were moments where I thought, wow, we are throwing this away a little bit. Um, first of all, the chance ready and Ketia at the header. Really, really good header, you have to say. Hit the bar. Brilliant work from Ben White, who I thought in the second half before he came off, I thought Ben White was fantastic. I thought Ben White in the second half before he was substituted was brilliant. I was actually disappointed to see um, White go off um, for Tommy Asu because I thought White was being really, really good. The overlaps, the timing of his runs, the crossing. The quality of that cross for Enketia was so good. The looping, hanging the ball in the air. Grealish did a similar cross actually. Um, against us on Wednesday night, and I thought in that moment again how excellent it is—the skill it takes to kind of loop a ball across over the goalkeeper, keeping it in the uh, in the boundaries—and then did really well to leap to 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 get the header on it. And I can't believe that a lot he got stick from a lot of supporters about that chance of hitting the bar because it's a really difficult header to get that high up to get it back across goal to try and get it on target. So I thought Ketti's chance then was a real tough one that unfortunately couldn't quite get the luck for but then Eddie had that chance where he was put through one-on-one and he tried to take it to the right well to the left of Martinez to the right of Nketiah and in that moment I was just like what is he doing why is he going why just go left use the confidence on your left foot finish past Martinez comfortably that's what in my opinion you should have done I'm not a footballer I'm not going to try and pretend that I you know I know best but I did I was a bit like oh wow I Think maybe he should have gone on his left side and just kind of finished round Martinez. But uh that was a big, big miss uh from, from Eddie. Uh but to be fair to him, you know, he's he got back up, carried on, played through once again the full uh the full match, and uh his energy is running, his runs is the, the dragging defenders away from moments, opened up space for us. Um, but uh also before we scored our third goal, Martin Erdegaard had an amazing opportunity, an amazing opportunity that he dragged wide of the post. You have to score. Like there is no, I would have loved to know what the XG of that chance was because Martinez was on the opposite side of his goal, running back across. He has to score. Erdegaard has to score that chance. Um, And at that point, I'm thinking it's not our day. It's not our day. and It's not going to be our day. But then Ramsdale pops up with this, I I don't really know how to describe how underrated I think this save is. But when you watch this in real time, and I encourage you to go watch it back in real time, as in when you're watching it first happen, and you can see it in the highlights. The speed, the power at which Bailey hits his strike to the near post, for Ramsdale to react quick enough to get his hands up and get enough of his hands on it to palm that onto the bar. Uh, And we did well to clear it afterwards. Ramsdale... That was amazing. In the I can't stress, I put him in, I did my winners and losers piece last night and it's come out this morning if you want to give it a read. And I put Ramsdale in my 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 winners just purely for that moment because that moment was, was so, so good. And then there was another opportunity right at the end when we were winning the game. Um, I'm not sure who it was running through. It might have been Duran, uh, I think. Um, but uh Again, he pulled off another save right at the end. He collected McGinn's shot really well. Um, I thought Ramsdale was was really good. Um, but that save in particular, wow. What, what an unbelievable save. Anyway, let's get to the moment that I know you all want to discuss. Um, Jorgin- <laughs> Jorginho. Jorginho. Um, wow. Like, when he hit the ball and it was sailing towards the upright, I was like, wide wide. So that's gonna flash wide. Like from my position, it just felt like it was going wide. Kaya said he felt like it was sailing in, and I just didn't get that, I didn't get that sense of the shot. And obviously when it hit the bar, I was like, yeah, okay. Um in that split second, I had to react to it. And then when it hit Emmy, I was like, oh, it's gonna roll wide the goal, even you know, even more um unfortunate. But then when it when the the net just kind of ripples as the ball, as you realize the ball's gone in the back of it. Because from the angle that I was sitting at, it's difficult sometimes perceptively to see where the ball's moving. Um, But first, I have to talk about Jorginho. We can talk about the funny part of it afterwards. But Jorginho was absolutely amazing. Like his game was so good, so controlled, so influential. And I'm so glad that he is going to take the heroic um, moment of this. I was looking through some of the statistics this morning. I'll show you. Um, obviously one winning moment, he featured in three of the top 10 passing combinations. And if you can see the picture at the bottom of the screen as well, the spine of Saliba's passing to Jorginho, to Odegaard, he actually features um, the the passing combinations with Saliba and Odegaard features in the top five of the whole team. So Jorginho features in two of the top five, but he's also in three of the top 10 passing combinations of the whole game. 92% 92% pass accuracy, four passes into the box, three of which were really good. One just slightly overhit for Saka, which really, you know, if he had taken a little bit off of that pass, would have been great. Six recoveries in the opposition half, like six recoveries in the opposition half is so good for a player that people consider not to be enough um, on the front foot, not doing enough um, from his mobility standpoint. So good, and I'm so glad he silenced so many of those critics you know some people are really unhappy um with the signing of Jorginho. he's not put, he's not he's not really done anything wrong i know there's moments where he gets turned and i know there's moments where he goes in a little bit aggressively and they turn and then there's space behind and maybe we'll maybe we'll suffer from that at times if he continues to play but Of the players that were available in January, of which Caicedo and Onana were not, and I don't care how many times people want to leave comments in my comment section saying, you don't know, you're not in the clubs. I can tell you from the people that know, neither were going anywhere. Neither were going anywhere. So when you're then whittling down your options in the January window, to be able to get in a player that's already started 15 games for Chelsea this season, Premier League ready, is won all that experience of winning big trophies and you can bring him in on a very short-term deal for a small-ish amount of money over nobody and over any other option that was available in that window, it's a really good bit of business. It's a good bit of business. There just isn't any other way of looking at it for me. It's a good bit of business. And I think he's proving that in these games. He's proving that we were right to do that deal. And if it was between him and Lukonga starting, wow. You know, you think about when Lukonga played, and no disrespect, but when Lukonga played against Man City in the second half, when Partey came off, we lost that game. And we lost that game because we lost the control in the midfield. Jorginho gives us the control that we lack when we don't have Partey. He gives us that control back. And it's so good to see. And I hope that people are magnanimous enough to hold their hands up and say, you know what? I really prejudged Jorginho. I got this one wrong. And I really hope people are magnanimous enough to do that. Anyway, enough of the serious stuff. <laughs> Emmy Martinez. Unlucky, mate. I cannot stand this guy. Ah, oh, the, 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 It's just... If he was an Arsenal player, I'd probably love it. That's the hypocrisy of it. That's the hypocrisy of it, if we're being honest. If he was still an Arsenal player, we'd probably love it and we'd be joking around, enjoying it, you know. But he's not, And so I hate it because that's how football is, you know. that That's how football is. Um, <laughs> I, I can't help but laugh when talking about Emi Martinez because what happened is just so, it's so gloriously apt. It's so gloriously appropriate so gloriously calmer. There was a moment in the game, I don't know if it was picked up by the television cameras. You may have seen it, you may not have done. And I don't know if it was the right moment, but Eddie and Ketty obviously missed his chance. There was another moment in the box and Emi Martinez goes up and strokes the face of Eddie Ketty when the score's at 2-2. He then, after he's walking away, starts punching the air and like really celebrating and like g Aston Villa. I'm like, come on, let's get this draw. Let's take two points off Arsenal. I don't know if you picked up on that when it was going on. It was a really patronizing moment on Eddie Nketiah. And, and then to see that happen, it's just the it's just perfection. It, it's I'm actually happier that happened than Jorginho getting his goal. Because Jorginho will get the applauded still. For many people, and me included, it's, it's his goal. It's his moment. He should enjoy that. He won't get credited officially with it, but it's his moment. And it's worthy of a goal, that strike. But this makes this just makes it even better. It just makes it's like um, it's like when you watch those uh, really fancy cooking programs like Great British Menu or Master Chef, and they make this amazing dish. And at the end of making this amazing dish, they get a grater out and they get a truffle out and they just grate loads of truffle over the top. And that was this moment that that was this that was this thing. This was the truffle all over our amazing meal <laughs> is what this was. And yeah, brilliant. Absolutely, and then the Arsenal fans just ripped into him. <laughs> Absolutely, and he he wasted so much time. So much time was wasted during this game by Emi Martinez. I think it came down to something like eight minutes he wasted in the game. Got a yellow card because, of course, goalie goalkeepers always do, and he's never going to get sent off for it. But apparently, I think I saw a stat saying he wasted around allegedly eight minutes during the game. And uh, yeah. Brilliant. (laughs) Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, We went on and scored a fourth, as you all know. Emmy went up for the corner and Martinelli runs through scores, celebrates before scoring. Um, Gabby Agbonlahor, cry more. I don't know if you've seen the clip of him moaning about it on TalkSport, but cry more, mate. Um, (laughs) I thought uh, the celebrations, though, were fantastic absolutely fantastic the celebrations everywhere everywhere in the ground uh there were celebrations going on I'm sure you know what I'm talking about when that goal went in from Emmy though and as I tell you for those that are new to the show or those that don't um that haven't been tuning in that long when I uh, I've, I've talked about it before but because I'm in the press box um with the, with the other journalists and stuff when you when Arsenal score you can't really celebrate you have to sit on your pants. You have to sit and just kind of um, continue writing, um, continue just getting your updates in. And I had a nightmare. Aston Villa's Wi-Fi, by the way, in that press box is dreadful. Like, I lost connection to the, the blog we were doing so many times. Awful, awful Wi-Fi. I know it's the wrong place, wrong time to about infrastructure, but it was terrible and um, really frustrating. But, yeah, you have to sit on your hands. You can't really celebrate. But when that goal went in, yeah, we celebrated we celebrated more than I've ever celebrated in a press box. I just couldn't control myself. I could not. I could not. I was clapping. There were Aston Villa fans. There was a big wall in front of us, so we were protected. But there was so many Aston Villa fans in front of us that were like turning around because all of us were just, we lost it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was, there was lousy, and it, it it got riled. Uh, let's just say that. I I didn't, for those people that are going to ask me the question, of what happened in the press box. I was in the first row and everything that happened happened behind me. So I can't see it. So it would be unfair of me to describe a situation I've not seen. All I can describe it was, is there was a commotion. (laughs) There was a commotion in the press box. um, And uh, I was in the front row, so I couldn't turn around because not only am I in the front row, but when you turn around, you just see laptop screens because obviously there's another row behind you of journalists, so you can't see what's really going on. Um, But it was, yeah. I I can't explain the relief, the emotion, just everything just pours out. And it's just such a sense of, yes, we've done it. I love this picture of Saliba. I had to include it. Um, (laughs) Posted it to his Instagram. It's fantastic. Um, So, yeah, look, amazing. Amazing, 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 amazing Um, celebrations. So can't really get too much better than that. However, it did get better than that because... Manchester City then went and drew to Nottingham Forest. Chelsea went and lost to Southampton at home. And then Newcastle lost to Liverpool, yes, but Newcastle are much closer to us. Um and it just it it just was wow. Yeah. Wow. What a day. If you've not yet watched it, I uploaded a video. Um I uploaded a video of the we were on the train back from um from Birmingham when the news came through about the Man City result. There was a, a group of um four American um supporters that had actually gone to the game. Some of some of them was their first Premier League game. What a game to pick, by the way. And we were watching um, because they're based in the US, they must have had a um they must have had something that would allowed them, let's say, to change their geolocation. <laughs> and uh, they uh, were watching on their, their US subscription of the uh, the Man City game. And um, when 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 it reached full time, just, yeah, the realization that just spread throughout the train carriage. And it was, I, try, I was trying to get work done on the train and I just had to give up halfway through of writing my piece. And I wrote it on the, the, the next train that I had to go and get on because there was no way that I was ever going to get anything done because it was just a, an amazing moment, amazing uh, environment and uh yeah um it was a good chat with uh with a number of people actually amy lawrence was on the train in the same carriage as us so was uh and obviously i was travelling with kyra as well it was just great talking about the victory the win nostalgia um and the supporters but yeah oh brilliant stuff Absolutely brilliant. What a day. What fat what what you could not have asked for a better 90 minutes overall as a game for your first picture. I know that Albert, our good friend Albert JTV was his first away game. What an amazing uh, away game to go to for your first away game. Amy Lawrence took her kids and they they it was, I think she said it was their first away game. What an amazing experience for them. Okay, that's enough of that. <laughs> Let's go to part two and your questions and comments right after this. How good was that, eh? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show for part two. <laughs> Today's fantastic reaction and thoughts and feelings and theories and questions in part two. We're going to be going for another 20 minutes of show a little bit of an extended show this morning. Talking all things about Arsenal's game and win against Aston Villa. Uh, let's jump into the chat box and get some of your thoughts and feelings about this. Aditya says, "Tom, are you a believer now? A believer in who? I've always believed this season. I don't. I feel like I'm unmatched. Aditya, in the belief that I've got this season for this team. I oh, was gutted on Wednesday. Absolutely gutted. I uploaded a quick short that was made by our our new short creator, Bio, um, in uh, yesterday, and you saw how gutted I was um, regarding what we're doing, uh, regarding the outpouring of just raw frustration." I've never doubted this team can can go and potentially win it. You know, when I first got that realization like, yeah, yeah, we can do that, it's never it's never ceased, it's never stopped. I've always believed that we can do it. Jay says, Can we nominate Emmys for goal of the month? I really hope that we do. <laughs> I really, I really hope that they do that because they've missed, they've missed a great opportunity if they don't do that. If they don't nominate it for the goal of the month, they surely have to. Uh, maggie says, how selfless was it of Jorginho to intentionally bounce the ball off of Martinez's head so that Arsenal fans could get to laugh at our ex-goalkeeper rather than scoring his first goal? You know, I think in terms of, of how humble a person can be, is there any, is there any greater humble act than what we saw from Jorginho yesterday. <laughs> um, James says, any word on parte?" Uh, yeah, there was a small word, actually, on parte. Um, I think, now, uh, I'm pretty sure, oh, look at that, I'm being asked to remove my two-factor authentication of Twitter, by the way. How ridiculous is that? For those that don't know, you have to remove text two-factor authentication unless you want Twitter blue. So just a heads up, you may see a little tick mark by my name soon, because I'd quite like to keep two-factor authentication i w- i've never been interested in getting twitter blue it's just not what i'm i just don't i didn't want it but for me safety and security as you know for me is really important and i have everything i can to protect me from stuff like that so i'm unfortunately enough to get twitter blue across two accounts which is going to cost me double great across my personal and across my podcast one brilliant amazing stupid stupid Anyway, uh, Arteta on party. Um, There was a quote. Um, yes, he says, he's not fit. He didn't even train with us yesterday. He probably needs another week. That's what we've been told, um, is that he needs another week, apparently. Um, fingers crossed it, uh, it sorts itself out. Uh, let's go to... Um, Matt says, how long is it going to, before the refs start protecting Saka? He's going to get seriously hurt soon. That challenge for Moreno was shocking. Uh, it's, it's beyond a joke at this point. It's beyond a disgrace. And, and I'll tell you what, there was a part in the second half. Saka wanted to come off. And I know he, he, um, he's probably worthy a little bit of criticism because he shouldn't give up. Um, but he wanted to come off. He signaled to the bench that he wanted to come off. Um, at least that's what it looked like from where we were sitting, we were facing. And when he went down right at the beginning of the second half, he went like that. Even Jorginho was like going like this because he'd spoken to him. Um, And I didn't didn't like that. You know, obviously, I don't want you to see your player kind of, in a sense, giving up. And so we're so glad that he was kind of talked into. But there's also part of me that goes, like, I can completely empathise with how he's feeling because he just gets no protection. No protection at all. Just booted, kicked left and right. If that's Harry Kane, the rest blowing up every time, sending people off, giving them yellow cards. It's a joke. It's a joke the way that he's treated and is allowed to be treated. Arteta said in his post match press conference that they're going to watch back the tapes. And if they need to make a, if they need to say anything about it to the authorities, they will. But it's just, it's ridiculous. He has no protection and he's going to get a serious ankle injury at some stage because he's just, players are just allowed to rotationally foul him. And it wasn't, and against Man City, it wasn't even rotational fouling. Silver was just able to get kick after kick after kick after kick. And only just before half time was he booked. It was a joke. And, and he should have been booked way earlier than that because he needs that. Prote- he needs to be protected. You're going to just you're allowing one of the best talents in England. Just get, get, I know it doesn't matter that he's necessarily English, but it's just the irony of the fact that English referees are just allowing one of the best talents to get just chipped away at every single game, time after time after time. Uh, Risky says, Tom, anything on Jesus' comeback? Uh, nothing beyond what we already know. Uh, start of March, that's what. We're hoping. Start of March is what we're hoping to see regarding him. Uh Jelly Pigs says, Do you think there is a better winger option at the moment than Kavichovskelia? Uh the guy's tearing up Serie A, still only 22, and I think he would raise us to another level. You know, he's a fantastic player. Um, but I don't see us I don't see us signing him, to be honest. I see him going to around Real Madrid, if anything. You know, I think that's a level that he can probably get to. He's brilliant, brilliant player. Um Let's go to um, Monkberry, who says, uh, given how well Jorginho did yesterday, uh, when Partey returns, does he slot straight back in? It depends. It depends on the context of the situation. It depends on the context of the game. I don't think, if Partey was available for um, Leicester, I don't think I'd start him. I think I'd start Jorginho, because he was great. He was Brilliant. As I put all the stats up on the screen for you, Adam, he had a man of the match display, did Jorginho. Could not fault his performance yesterday. He was six recoveries in the opposition half, four passes into the box, two of the top five passing combinations he was involved in. He was part of that spine. He was great. Absolutely great. So I don't know why. I, I don't think we need... To. If anything, if any, if you're going to change anything about the midfield, I would have dropped Xhaka for Partey because Xhaka, I thought, was a, was was off was off yesterday. I think it was probably one of his poorest games. And he's been quite poor in the last few weeks, actually. His, his levels dipped, which is a shame, because he's been so good this season. But he just kept kind of giving the ball away. He just looks a bit tired. He's going to have a week off, a week's rest this week. But, uh, yeah, if anything, when Partey comes back, I'd play him slightly ahead. I'd play him slightly ahead. Um of Jorginho and let Jorginho sit in and put Partey slightly ahead, maybe. If not, then you play Zinchenko and Tierney. I thought Zinchenko's first half was really poor. He wasn't happy with his performance. I spoke to him after the game. You're going to hear some of those or read some of those quotes later tonight. But he, yeah, Zinchenko wasn't happy with his game. Um, But regarding, uh, regarding kind of what we need to do and to change, again, I was frustrated with Arteta's subs. Um, I was frustrated with the substitutions because again they were like for like. It's the first time that things obviously have gone differently um, since making those changes. But the changes were again. It's it's really it's 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 silly for me to be a little bit critical of subs, obviously, when we've gone on to win the game. And I know I might look a little bit silly for doing that, but it is just that sense of. It's just that sense of the same changes being made for the fourth game in a row. Jacques Faviera, the left winger being replaced by the left winger, Tommy Asu coming on for White. I didn't really want to see Tommy Asu come on for White because I thought White was doing really well. I thought White in the second half was fantastic. And I was gutted to see him go off, actually. But we've won the game. So, I mean, what's the point? What's the point of me? We can talk about the substitutions uh, then. Amir says the like flight works against Brentford. It didn't. Yes, we got the goal, but we didn't win. We didn't win the game, and we didn't change things later on when we'd conceded. There was still plenty of minutes in here after we conceded that goal that we shouldn't have conceded because of VAR. But there was plenty of times after that—that's that, that equaliser from Brentford equaliser in quotation marks—that we could have changed things more to be more, uh, more attacking, more risky. We could have changed things a bit. So um, no, I'm not happy with the subs. I'm, I'm just not. I, I think I, I want to see. I want to see greater. Um, proactive I want to see greater change just for me for me it's just my view on it I want to see more from the substitution that's the only gripe I have it's the only gripe I have is I just want to see more from the substitutions because it needs to be there are games this season where we're going to need the subs to be better we're going to need the in-game management to be better and Amir I know that you come into the chat box and you're very happy to come into the chat box and talk to me when I'm being very very positive about Arteta and I'll tell you what I'd say 95% of the time I'm being very positive but you have to be grounded and objective and critical when there are criticisms to be had. And I think that you need to have that. Um, and ultimately, Martinelli coming off the bench, giving us those fresh legs was great. But I think that we could have, we could have done even more. We could have done even more. But it doesn't matter because we won the game. Uh, let's go to um, Aditya says, it's 1.3k watching. Hit the live on this. Is the most we've had watching in a little while, of obviously, I know since the transfer window has ended. But seeing so many of you happy and enthusiastic and loving Arsenal again is so great to see. That's what I want. I just want us to be happy and enjoying football and enjoying Arsenal because it's a great season for us. It's such an enjoyable period of time. So do make sure you tune in every morning at 8am because we're going to continue to bring you the shows, giving you all the latest Arsenal news and views and reactions to what's going on in the world of the Gunners. And do indeed drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new. Uh, Akeem says, what do you think of Lee Mason's sacking? So for me, and I know that I put out an unpopular opinion on Twitter about this, I am not one that likes to see sackings. You know, I'm just not that way inclined. Um, and I think that this just papers over the cracks for me. I think, it's, to be fair, it's not sacking. It's um, agreed mutual consent. That's what it is. So let's just correct that. It's mutual consent. That's how he left. We don't know the the ins and outs of what went on behind the scenes, but factually, he left by mutual consent. Um I, it, for me, it papers over the cracks because I want to see accountability and accountability for me comes by referees facing um, demotions to the championship for referees in the championship. that are doing well, getting promotions up to the Premier League. That's what I want to see by getting rid of somebody, whether he wanted to move on or not. I don't know. It just papers over the cracks of the problem. Making an example of somebody, for me, only it breeds fear and arguably puts more pressure on referees, which could have, in turn, an even worse impact on the decisions that are made, because they make decisions through fear, and that could lead to more wrong decisions being made. For me, I want to see accountability through... Referees being taken off of game weeks, as we've started to see. I want to see referees sent down to the championship and other referees promoted. That's how you create a culture of accountability. You don't create it through getting rid of people, for me. And that's not what I want. And I also don't particularly like the, the social, the social pylon that happened. Guy's just lost his job. Cool, like whatever. He's lost his job. I don't care, right? I'm not going to go and jump onto social media and going, yeah, he's lost his job. Like, what? I think, just think, take a step back for a second and think about what you're doing. Think about that you're you're jumping onto a public forum and celebrating someone losing their job. It's not a good thing. It's not a good thing because the reason why they've gone links back to a really big problem that we still need to we still need to solve. We need to solve that issue, and for me, it's not solved because of this. It's not. It's not solved because of this. There's bigger, bigger problems that have to be solved, not through people leaving. Things need to be solved by creating accountability, by promoting improvement of the existing people that are there. That's my position on it. I know it's not particularly popular, and I know that, but for me, the bigger problem still exists and that is what my priority is but yeah I don't I don't I don't I'm not a fan of the pile on on social media of just laughing and celebrating someone losing their job I'm just if he's gone he's gone if he deserved to go he deserved to go if that's what they felt that's what they felt that's fine whatever but I really don't care enough to jump onto social media and start celebrating someone losing their livelihood I'm just not just not that way inclined personally. Uh, Raul says, "Morning, Tom. Have you seen Ramsdale's making saves with his feet? I noticed for Watkins' goal and Grealish's goal, rather than going with his foot, he's tending to dive. Is it an area to improve? Uh, Ramsdale has been beaten at his near post um, on a number of occasions. He has been, to be fair, the Ramsdale, the, the, sorry, the Grealish one was a deflection off of um, Tommy Asu. So I'm not really critical." Of the, of the of the Grealish goal because without the deflection, I think he probably saves Grealish's shot, which is unlucky. Wally um, Watkins is a, is a really good goal, a really good... I don't think that's a, a goal that you need to go for with your feet, to be honest. Um, it's not a strike of the ball that I think that if you go with your feet for that, that you save it. I think he just needs to get down quicker. But it's a very, very good finish from from Watkins and I don't think you can take too much away from that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know uh, about his feet. I've, it's not something I've picked up on, to be honest. But uh, maybe it's something that that I need to take a, a greater attention to. But I personally have not seen anything to suggest that's the case. But you may have picked up on something that I haven't. Uh, Gunnar 76 says, Tom, do you think that we should have auto offsides like other leagues? Yes. Simple answer for me. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and Gunnar says, is this shirt still available to buy? It, it's the European training top. so it sh- It's this season. So, yeah, it's, if it's... If it's still on the Arsenal Direct website, it's a great shirt. (laughs) It's what I usually go running in, which I hopefully should be getting back to soon. Um, So, yeah, but uh, very nice kit, this one. Uh, I wish it's kind of one that they would wear. It's it's that nice. But, yeah, it's the European training top for this season, so I would recommend picking it up if you haven't. Um, Clive says, just joined. Good to see you, Clive. Um, Can we all agree Jorginho is better than Sambi and Elneny? Today is a good day. I think if anyone wasn't already agreeing that when we signed him, Clive, I don't know what to tell you, but if you're not or if you're not agreeing to that point now, what more can you say? It's <laughs> where I started off today's show. At the end of the day, Jorginho has come in and I think for me was the best option that the best option that we could have got at the end of the January window. I don't think there was anyone that we could have got that was really better in that situation than him on deadline day with 24 hours to go after. We've really messed up. like, And it was a mistake, the Caicedo pursuit, to try and bid that much money, overpaying anyway, and trying to bid that much money for a player that Brighton had no intention, had never and never ever intended to lose, which really then limited what you could do at the end of the window for a position that we had to bring in. I think it was really good business. Um, really good business to get Jorginho in. And I said that at the time. This is me being all retrospective. Um, go back and watch our deadline day, phone in. I'm happy with the deal. I'm happy with that move. And I have been since it happened. Uh, Clive says, think uh, the goals of Trossard and Jorginho have contributed since signing. Brentford, Manchester United and Villa, uh, huge points. And Edward's has learned from last year. I mean, last January, we did nothing. And if you didn't learn from that, you can't be helped. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I remember, Clive, we sat and we sat with yourself, Ask blog uh, and Kev Campbell in January of last year. And then one of the things that we said after that was that it was more important to not sign the wrong players. Right? Yes, it was more important to not sign anybody than sign the wrong players. But the thing is, is that we don't know what players are available all the time in that window. And we may have missed opportunities that we don't necessarily know about. This window, there was opportunities. And we've taken those opportunities. We tried to do more than the opportunities that we ended up succeeding with. But they just proved too financially restricted to what we want to do. Some people say that we should just pay the money for Jarrell Felix, for instance, who again, still, despite being good, has not won a game for Chelsea. It's not been on the winning side in his performances for Chelsea so far. Um, Hilarious. Absolutely brilliant. Let it continue. I'm injecting Chelsea's misfortune and misery into my veins every day. Um, But yeah, look, it's, I think we've done, I think the January window was really battered by, like hugely over-exaggeratively battered by people. We got in the wide player that we needed. We got in a midfielder that we needed. And we got in a surprise left-sided centre-back that we may end up needing. And uh, I really hope that, we, that people reflect on the January window in much better terms now. Because, yes, we've struggled in form. But what we've seen is the players that have been bought, Trossard scoring against Brentford, Jorginho being consistent, now Partey's not available, they've made an impact. They have absolutely made an impact. And that can't be disputed. And that's all you can ask for. How, who's made the bigger impact since joining mudric or trossard? trossard trossard's made the bigger impact you have to be you have to be honest about that he's made the bigger impact of the two players so far and yes there are um there's context around mudric being coming to a new league being young all of that i accept that but this season trossard's made the bigger impact in terms of Joao felix or Jorginho, i know they play in different positions i know they play in different positions but who's made a bigger impact at their club Jorginho has made the bigger impact between Joao Felix and Jorginho. Um, so the players that we've bought have impacted what we've done other than Kivior, who, to be honest, let's be real, hasn't got in the team because Gabriel's playing. And when the Europa League gets back underway, I hope that we see Kivior because I'm excited to see what he's capable of. He's quick. This guy's fast. We haven't got a slow defender at the back. And I hope that we gradually see more and more of Kivior. And we would not have bought him without knowing that he's going to be integral. Not maybe integral, but certainly impactful and influential in what we're going to do in the future. So you go. Anyway, that's enough of Clive taking over my morning show. <laughs> um, Pierce says, "Start bench or sell next season." Jesus and Kettie Abalagan. Start Jesus. Oh, that's just so easy, isn't it? Start Jesus. Oh, sell. Right now, right right this very second. As we sit after watching Nketiah fail to score and miss these chances, and while Balogun is smashing it in that league, you have to say keep and bench Balogun and sell Nketiah. But that might change between now and the end of the season. So as I speak on February 19th, start Jesus, sell Nketiah, bench Galligan. That's how I feel right now. And that's probably unfair on Nketiah. But as I sit here right now, that's what I'm doing. Go mad all you like, but you've given me three options and I have to pick. I can't not pick one of them. So that's where I sit right now. But I'd like to think that all three could have an influence next season. I'd like to think that Balogun can be reintegrated and we have three because we might need three. So uh, let's keep them on. But like I said, Tom Aitzen and Ketty are confirmed. (laughs) You can't, it's impossible. It's impossible not to do that and then come out looking like a mug for one of the three players. Um Let's go to Daniel. says, do you think we should go for Kane as uh, we push uh, and get his childhood dream and put the spuds into meltdown? Uh could be a Sol Campbell 2.0. No, I don't think so. Uh, he'd, he'd cost like a yeah, silly amount of money. He's on a l- lengthy contract, I think, still. So, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, mate. It's, gonna, it's not going to happen. Um, Kev says, Tom, I think the truffle that you talked about earlier should be Emery's post-match interview and his obvious frustration with Emmy Martinez." I'll be honest, I was surprised. I was in the press conference with with Unai Emery and uh, he was was frustrated. The first question came in asking about kind of the performance and he went on for a long time. He went on for a really long time explaining his thoughts around the game. He wasn't happy with the transitions. He wasn't happy with the way they gave the ball away. He felt they wasted too much time. He felt that it was the wrong decision for Emi Martinez to go up. And I'm sorry, but you can moan about Emi Martinez. You're the manager. You're the manager. Shout at your player, get him back. You can't bemoan a decision that you have control of changing the outcome of. You know, we often say the words like, managers can't go on the field and kick the ball themselves. What they can do is they can shout at their player not to go up. If If the player then refuses and continues to go up, different story. But you can't complain about something that you have a control over. You just can't. And because he didn't do that, they conceded a fourth goal because Unai Emery didn't change. By the way, I'm very impressed with what he's done at Villa. And I think he's a very good manager for the right club. I don't think he was right for Arsenal, but at the right club, he's a good coach. And I can tell you that in and around Aston Villa, they are really, really um, thankful that they have Unai Emery. They think it is kind of a, a manager that is not above them, because that's the wrong way to talk about Aston Villa, who are a massive club. But I think in this context of their situation, to be able to get a manager like Uno Emery or head coach like Uno Emery, they're very grateful to have him. And they will expect things to improve. And he was very unhappy that they've lost two home games 4-2. But yeah, things could be better. Things could be better. Uh, I think there was a super chat that I may have missed earlier on. Uh, Let me scroll up and try to find it. There it is. Uh, Vegas Gunner, uh, thank you for the donation. Uh, Fantastic results. Some starters have been missing for weeks and others not at their best. When is Nelson coming back? Saka needs a backup. Nelson's on the bench. Uh, Smith Rory's on the bench. (laughs) So they're in the squad. They're there. I don't think that Nelson necessarily will be coming on all that much unless we have a situation that demands it. Smith Rowe, hopefully we can see him come on against Leicester. Um, Hopefully we have an opportunity to use him. We didn't have to use him necessarily yesterday, um, which obviously proved the case. We didn't have to use him, and that's why uh, he didn't come on. But uh, hopefully we see Smith Rowe Very soon as well. Uh Mike, uh, thank you so much, Mike Rolf, uh, who's joined us as a brand new member. Welcome to the TGT community. Thank you for helping support the channel. Really appreciate that kind gesture. Uh and I'm sure I can see people already welcoming you into the fold, which is great. Um, Stuart says, I don't agree with your sub rants. Boring and wrong, in my opinion. We were all over them. Um, fair enough. (laughs) Everyone's entitled to their opinion, Stuart. It's just my view. I just think I'd like to see us a little bit more proactive with the subs, I think I'd like to see this a little bit more adventurous. And I think in the last three games, Everton in particular, Brentford and then Man City, we obviously, Pep Guardiola reacted in the second half and we didn't react to Pep reacting, if that makes sense. Um, I'd like to see us be better with the substitutions. I don't necessarily think it's a rant. I just think it's a criticism. I have um, a rant would be me what I was doing more so about the the refereeing and you know earlier on, but for me, Stuart, I think that the the substitutions could be more um, just more influential uh more changed more dramatic i think that's where we could be with the substitutions um let's go to carl says nice guy and i mean it's a compliment but his press conferences are now much more understandable well he's learned the language more he's he's, you know he's become more assimilated into into this culture and this language so yeah I, it was it was good um it was much more uh coherent and you could definitely understand where he was coming from so there you go um Chris says, what really happened in the press box? As I said, I think, as someone said earlier, that the Times have done a piece on it. Um, So if you want to read what happened, as I said, I was right at the front of the press box. So I can't, um, I, I, I turned around and looked, but I just could only see laptops. Couldn't really see what was happening. So I can't really necessarily comment on something I've not seen firsthand. But there are articles out there that you can go and read uh, that will tell you all about what happened. I'm sure for people that were more had a better view of what was going on. So there you go. Um, Amira says, what's happened to our urgency recently? We only wake up after conceding and even yet uh, we only slowly grew into the game. In the se- I don't think that's true about the second half, Amira. I think the second half immediately kicked off better. I thought immediately, as soon as we started the second half, we were the better side. And I think we maintained that throughout the whole half. First half, really slow. No energy. Really critical of what I saw in the first half. Was not happy whatsoever. Urgency, energy wasn't there. Second half, yes, it was. Second half, it was there. I don't agree that we slowly grew. I thought it was a much faster rise that led to the equaliser. Yes, it left the cells open. And that's uh, that's how Aston Villa got their chances but I actually thought the second half was was impressive. Uh, Ronald says, Will White start at centre-back and Tierney at left-back? Um, I think White may start at centre-back if Saliba was to be injured or suspended, and then Tommy Asu would come in. But I really can't see a way back in for Tierney at the moment, which is a shame, because I think he deserves more minutes than he's getting. But Zinchenko is just so important to what Arteta wants. And I was, uh, you know, in the preview show, and a lot of other people suggesting Zinchenko should be moved out at left-back, he had a poor first half, Zinchenko. And I was sitting there at half-time going, I wonder if he might bring Tierney on. He didn't. He stuck with him, and we're bloody happy that he did because he proved to be really, really good in the second half. Um, Kev says, "Can we give a shout out to Arteta for his mocking of the referee?" <laughs> it is. It was funny. I didn't see it until after the game. Um, the little ball roll thing. Uh, do you? Oh, I can't remember what the game was, but do you remember where the the, the picture of him going like this, where he's like, mm, mm, like. Mm. <laughs> He pulls that mm face. Yeah, mm, okay. Mm. <laughs> it's just a little bit of um, kiddishness uh, about him, a little bit of immaturity, and I don't mind that too much. You know, I think he kind of sometimes he wears his heart on his sleeve. You can't say that he doesn't. He just yeah, it bubbles up to the surface on the field. I love it. I love the fact it winds other people up, and that's what I said earlier about. Um, uh, what was it? Um, Emmy Martinez. You know, if we had Emmy Martinez, we'd probably love it. We'd probably love the fact um, that, that Emmy Martinez was being all the housery that he brings. We'd probably love it. But because it's not, we hate it. That's just how football is. That's how fickle we are as supporters. But yeah, whilst I hate Emi Martinez for what he does, whilst I hate Neil Mopay for what he does, I kind of love um, what Arteta does. <laughs> so yeah um i don't don't know what to tell you um let's go to um camera up who says would you accept winning the league this season if it means saka leaves the club in the summer deal or no deal oh you can't (laughs) ask me that that's horrible win the league but saka leaves you know arsenal football club is bigger than any one player it's a simple. Oh, I'm bleeding. <laughs> I've got a nosebleed. Oh no, I'm fine. I got too stressed out. I think we're good. Yeah, we're fine. Just somehow managed to bleed all over my face. Um, <laughs> that's never happened before. Maybe it was that TGT sneeze earlier. Um, but uh, where was I? I've completely lost my trail of thought from a nosebleed live on air. That's hilarious. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> camera up. Woods, uh, would you accept win the league? Yeah. Look, in terms of, in terms of, of. <sighs> every every player is bigger uh sorry every club any club is bigger than any one player okay it's as simple as that and if arsenal win the league he has to go because <laughs> any club is bigger than um than a player that's the way I'm going to answer the question. I think that a nosebleed live on air is probably the uh, the symbol that I need to probably go and wrap this show up. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, to join you, as it always is. Really appreciate your time. Um, have a fantastic Sunday. Enjoy it. Um, let's hope Manchester United drop points. Uh, let's hope that we can do the business next week against Leicester. I'll bring you more content, more reaction to this game, of course, with more shows in the mornings. Uh, But other than that, it's been a real pleasure, a real joy to speak to you as always, because it always is. Um, But yeah, what a day, what a game, what an experience. Thank you for listening. Have an amazing time, an amazing Sunday. And as always, up the Arsenal.